to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body i mean the everything i mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well i mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is Oral. with no rules, real fighting well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCarthy pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Aloha, Penn Nation. Please, I welcome you back to the show, BJPenn.com Radio. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. I almost said please welcome one of our guests. Good golly. Been a little bit of a scramble to get tonight's show ready, but we have a great lineup for you guys this evening. BJPenn.com Radio. We are live each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And as we do every week, we continue to bring you, get, bring you guys the best possible guests, awesome conversations, and when I have the time, all the news that I can cover as well. We are the fighter's voice. We're all about giving these athletes a platform to speak their hearts and minds without bias, without criticism. And we're also the voice of you guys, the fans. You make this all possible. Your devotion to BJPenn.com and to the show, we greatly appreciate you guys. Big Mahalo, Penn Nation. Awesome guest list tonight. We got a full full show, four guests. Couldn't be happier about these guests. And I got to give a big shout out to our boy Chris Taylor uh, for putting together some of these interviews. Big props to you, buddy. Before we jump into that, though, I tell you guys every week, I'm going to continue to tell you guys every week, but you already know it. Your home for MMA news is none other than BJPenn.com. Bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. 
Stay up to date on all the latest and greatest from the sport that you and I both love of mixed martial arts. All the hot topics, the breaking news, the viral videos, the exclusive content, everything that you crave all in one place. We've got technique videos dropping every week. You'll see a lot of them in the articles now. We have this really cool video player. Some instructionals from some of the best athletes in combat sports today. BJPenn.com. We are the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. We're very proud of that. And you guys make that possible. So thank you again, Penn Nation. We love you guys. And I'm super happy to be here for yet another week. Episode 58. Can't believe it's already been 58 weeks. But... For all of you that have been with us through the beginning, you know, we've had some ups and downs, some struggles here and there, but man, does it feel like everything's fallen into place for the show and for this team, for that matter. Big, big shout out to everybody on Team Penn, Chris, Tom, Justin, Russell, although I know, I know he's not going to be with us much longer. Of course, Scott. And big shout-out to one of the guys coming back on, Adam Conklin. We got a solid team. We continue to break news for you guys. Keep the integrity of journalism. And also have some great conversations on the show with some really awesome characters and personalities in the sport of MMA. Tonight, as I said, stacked show. First up, former former title challenger at 135 pounds in the women's bantamweight division. Likely going to be flyweight, the newly established flyweight division for the women for for women in UFC. Likely going to be a contender for that title as well, and I feel like she'll probably be champion. The bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. It was announced that uh, she'd be dropping down following the fight with Amanda Nunes. She's going to go down to 125. She's very confident she can make the weight. And she had challenged uh, Paige Van Zandt to a title eliminator fight, which all stemmed from Paige saying that she was going to be next in line for the title after the Tough 26 series had completed and they had crowned a, a champion for the women's flyweight division. Paige declined that matchup. We're going to get the inside scoop on what went down there, what Valentina's plans are for the future, what she's been up to, and who else is on her radar as of right now. Just like everybody on tonight's show, she's a professional. Unlike one of these guys on tonight's show, she's, she's not much of a trash talker at all. She likes to go in there. And do her talking in the octagon. Great conversation with her. She really is really is a consummate, consummate professional, and I can't say enough about her. Great conversation. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Second guest. <clears throat> Next up. On the opposite end of the spectrum, a gentleman who knows his way around the self-promotion and the way of the, the, way of the trash talk. Good friend of the show, increasingly infamous heel of MMA, 
Colby Chaos Covington. There's been some reports, a lot of them breaking from our own Chris Taylor, talking about Tyron Woodley, that he is in negotiations to fight Nate Diaz at UFC 219, a card that has taken a lot of hits over the past couple weeks that they really need to save. And the world went crazy, the MMA world rather, went crazy when we had heard that Nate Diaz had entered camp and that there are negotiations going on between himself and Tyron Woodley to have a title fight at UFC 219. Now, as we all know, Kobe has been on a mission to fight Tyron Woodley. Believes he has his number, took out Damian Maya. He's number three in the world. He wants his title shot. We're going to get his take on how, on all of this potentially playing out to where he gets sidelined. Nate Diaz leapfrogs the entire division and gets to fight Tyron Woodley. He's got a lot to say about it. Of course, we'll catch up with him uh, in regards to what he's up to. He's over in Sydney, Australia right now. So we greatly appreciate him taking the time to come on with us. Um, I think I may have, may have woke him up. <laughs> I'm not sure, but... Nonetheless, he came on, man of his word. And I know I know he catches a lot of hate, but come on, guys. You got to respect what he's accomplished and what he's doing in this sport. Great convo. We're going to talk a little bit about Jones, a little bit about the, the drama with Conor McGregor. All that and much more with our boy Triple C. Following Colby, the queen of the 135-pound division, just got a win over our first guest, Valentina Shevchenko. Closely contested, but nonetheless a win. The lioness herself, Amanda Nunes. There were reports that she would be fighting Raquel Pennington. But what seems like just days later, Raquel had, uh, had said that she would not be fighting Amanda. She had broken her leg and... Now the champ is sidelined until she until they come up with a good opponent. And uh, she's ready to defend her title. She's fired up. She's ready to go. First time speaking with her. We had a great chat. Um, she's awesome. Can't say enough about her as well. She's got a couple fights in mind. Holly Holm, obviously. But other than Holly and Raquel, there's really no clear clear contender for her belt right now, given that Valentina has moved down. They wouldn't do a rematch of a fight that just happened. But we'll catch up with her, find out what's going on in the life of the Lioness, when she'd like to return. And she was actually named the only, she was actually the only UFC athlete named in the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Pretty cool stuff. Champion before the age of 30. I mean, we even have a conversation. Uh, when I first saw her fight in Strike Force against Julia Budd, she knocked out Julia Budd. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, I said, who is this girl? Came out of nowhere. She possessed that power that is very rare uh, for the women's division. And I personally knew from right there that, that she would have a bright future in the sport. Here we are all these years later. She is the champ, defended twice, looking to defend again a third time. 
coming up here very soon. Awesome stuff. Again, great conversation with Amanda. Closing out tonight's show. He's brash. He's outspoken. He's from Long Island. He's got a fight style that everybody loves. Raging ally Aquinta. Unfortunately, he was forced uh, forced out of a fight with Paul Felder. Again, this was another one of those situations where it seemed like just days later uh, he had to withdraw from the fight, citing an injury. We'll talk to him about the injury, what it was, whether it re- requires surgery or not. And unfortunately, with all these setbacks and the way things have been going in regards to negotiations with the company, you know, Al feels he, he, he deserves to be paid, as do all these fighters. You've heard us talk about this at length on this show. Al's career grows, uh, grows ever more uncertain as time passes. He's doing a hell of a job in the real estate market. We'll catch up with him about that, and we'll find out what's next for him, man. I mean, a first time interviewing him as well. Had a really good chat with him. I enjoyed having, you know, speaking with him. But you can really hear it in his voice that, that there is a lot of uncertainty for him in mixed martial arts. And I truly hope, I repeat it endlessly on, on this interview, I truly hope that uh, the UFC can come to terms, put a deal on his desk that he's happy with and he signs on the dotted line. They can get a fight going and we can see Al back in competition very soon. So that's our lineup. Four awesome guests. Kicking things off, the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko, followed by Colby Chaos Covington, followed by the champ herself, Amanda Nunes, and closing things out tonight with Ally Aquinta. Awesome lineup. BJPenn.com, the fighter's voice. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, even the site. We are the fighter's voice. Let's be, let's be honest here. But, man, things are picking up. Big things going down for us on this team. Can't be more proud of these guys. And if you haven't, in the words of Chris Weidman, if you haven't joined the team now, you better. Because we're on a mission. And things are only looking up from here, guys. I would love to get into news. But quite frankly, we do not have the time to get into news. Everything breaking from this week. You guys already know where to go. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Everything you crave from the sport you love. BJPenn.com. We have got you covered, guys. So I'm going to waste no time. We're going to jump right into it. Kicking things off tonight. The incredibly talented, incredibly good looking. And as I said, all around consummate professional. The bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Valentina Shevchenko. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show one of the best athletes in all of women's mixed martial arts, former former title contender, and no doubt future flyweight champion in the UFC. Of course, I'm talking about the bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, Thanks for coming on tonight, Valentina. Where exactly are you calling us from right now? Thank you, Jason. It's my pleasure. Right now, me, um, our coach, Paul Fedotov, and my sister, we are in Las Vegas, just coming back from uh, 
Colorado and Nebraska and uh, enjoying like sunny days every time training, every time moving. Very good. So you're you're traveling all around the country uh training in different locations with different teams? Yes, we are after the fight, after September, um, while we have some like free time, we decide to enjoy and travel like uh, to see different places. So after um, after Colorado, we went to Utah, we was in uh, Salt Lake, we was in Provo, then we traveled to all the way to Las Vegas, then to Los Angeles, San Diego, and uh, now we spend few weeks here training in the UFC training Institute, Performance Institute, and uh, um, ready to continue our travel soon. Wow, that's awesome. So you got to go on a road trip, experience some of the cool things in the country, and now you're at the world-renowned, brand-new UFC Performance Center. Yes, it's right, and I it's I really enjoy training there because it's like you have everything, what everything that at least uh, athletes have to like want in their preparation, they can uh, receive it in UFC Performance Center, even uh, physical therapy and everything that you wish you can find there. Yeah, very very cool stuff, and and awesome to hear that you're taking advantage of it so soon. Um, but listen, based on your social media. We know that you're ready to jump back in there and compete, but before we discuss the Paige Van Zandt situation, um, tell us about the decision to move to 125. Um, it was uh, totally natural because, uh, like, I was thinking about this, but uh, before you see, they didn't have this opportunity. Uh, it was only two weight division for uh, female athletes. It was just draw weight and bantam weight, and um, so. Uh, I I didn't think even about any other weight categories. And for 135, I feel totally comfortable to fight there. I feel strong enough to do like good things there. And the good thing that I don't hear, don't cut any weight or bantam weight. And of course, when uh, the news uh, came that you see is ready to uh, to open the new uh, female division flyweight it was very happy news for me because like um it's it's good thing because uh, it will be the same size opponent with who i will fight and uh, i'm i'm pretty sure that it's like very good weight class yeah so it sounds like 135 while you're strong enough and certainly talented enough to compete with uh, those size women, you feel that 125, you'll have a much bigger advantage over not only people your size, but potentially people smaller than you as well. Uh, it will be the same like me, I think. Someone is uh, a little bit taller, but the same, the same size exactly. That's why I think that I will have more opportunities to show all skills that I have and to show the good and beautiful fights because like in 135 sometimes when uh, when I fight with bigger opponents it's uh, not every time you can uh, like open everything you have to think about the distance to measure like uh, everything height everything but in 125 it will be exactly same size opponents and I'm very glad to have this opportunity and uh, I know know exactly it will be very busy and very uh, good 
weight division because more uh, most of girls there some of the, uh, some of uh, straw weights they will go up some of uh, bantam weights they will go down and more uh, of course like in the world there is a lot of very good and talented fighters in this weight class yeah for sure i i know what you're talking about just the crossover between the div- the divisions i mean you see that in all the men's divisions there's so some of them are closer together so you see a lot more guys going up coming up you know going down coming up and uh, you'll see a lot more of that now that there is a weight class in between straw weight and women's bantamweight but speaking of that how confident are you that you can make 125 and is this a cut that you've made before uh, it's totally easy for me because, uh, like, when I was training um, in pre- uh, preparing for my training uh, for for my fights in bantamweight, my uh, like with all these um, very strong trainings, my weight is every time go down, and every time I was like uh, worried to not lose too much, and I was worried to uh, gain the same to feel me strong, um, uh, strong enough for uh, for for my opponents that's why i'm not worried at all and it's just a little bit uh, a little bit more diet before the fight but i think it will be totally easy so so this is a much more natural weight class for you is pretty much what this whole conversation is pointing to this is a natural weight class you won't have to cut much weight and you'll be at peak performance at 125 yes exactly and this is totally my natural weight Okay, very good, very good. So while the UFC is currently in the process of, of crowning a flyweight champ on Tough 26, Paige Van Zandt had said that she would be fighting for the championship after uh, pulling out of the fight with Jessica I. You told her um, on Twitter not to rush and basically challenged her to a title eliminator. Then days later, uh, you told our own Chris Taylor that uh, her team had declined the fight. Uh, walk us through what happened there and... Uh, tell us what their reason was for declining the fight. Um, I, I you better ask uh, their team and her why the reason to decline the uh, decline, uh, say no for the fight. So this is the thing. Uh, my my thing. If she so sure that she will fight for the title, I think it's better like. To prove that you are deserved, because you cannot just jump there and say, "Okay, here I am. I'm ready for the fight, for the title fight." No, you cannot do this. You have to respond for your words. And if you put something like this, you have to respond it because it's uh, not not something like this. Because you have to fight with the top fighters to uh, to receive this opportunity to fight for the title. It's not about different old skills or something like different. It's all about skills for the fight. And um, this is this is it. You, if for example you show that you are ready ready for the fight, okay, take it. You will fight for the title. But if not, you have to work on it. Oh, I would agree. I would agree with you 100%. I think that, especially with this weight class, I'm sure you yourself would say the same about yourself, that you know you need to fight at 125 and then potentially get a title shot as you challenge her to a title eliminator. The women on tough right now, they're fighting for the championship at this point, but I would agree with you 100%. Uh, that kind of leads into my next question, though. Do you think that she was promised this title shot and a fight with you is probably too risky in order to ensure that she does fight for the belt? Um, exactly. I don't think so. I don't know because I was not like, I'm not putting too much thinking on all this kind of thing. My, my like job is, 
I'm a fighter. I do what I like. I like uh, I like to train. Martial arts for me is my lifestyle, and I every time train. Obviously, she's turned down the fight, but stylistically, when you look at that matchup, give us your thoughts on how your styles uh, match up skill for skill and uh, what you think of a potential fight with Paige down the line. Um, you know, like, um, um, sincerely, like, I, I was, like, uh, I was not expecting too much that she will accept the fight. It would be great if she accepts the fight, so, but uh, even knew that she, like, uh, she turned down the fight with Jessica, I, so I knew this is a big possibility to turn down the fight from her side, and that's why I was like, doesn't matter, but I'm not like when you throw uh, this kind of words, like, I will fight for the title without any uh, base, without anything. I understand when, for example, the high challenger, the top challenger, like saying something like this, but even if you want it, you never will say it. But if you say it and you throw this kind of words, you have to respond of your words. And if you are ready to fight for, for example, for the title in high top level competition, you have to like accept all fights with all top challengers. Yeah, that's the point of being a challenge, uh, champion is to is to take on all challengers. I agree with you. And uh, like you said before, and, and I again, I agree, you should have to prove yourself in order to get that title shot. And uh, I know what you mean. If she's saying she's willing to fight for the title, why not take a fight with you or anybody else that's at that top of the division? Um, but moving on here, I, I'd imagine you've been uh, watching Tough 26 pretty closely. And if you have, who do you think is going to win the competition? Uh, not exactly. I didn't watch, but I know that there is a lot of like very talented, very good skilled girls, and I'm pretty sure all from them is very strong. And uh, uh, the winner will be the strongest, and I'm very excited to see the finals on December, and uh, it will be great to see the uh, the girls fight the new champion of uh, new new weight division. Now, is there anybody in particular that you know of that's on the show that, that you think would be a really interesting matchup for you? Or do you have uh, anybody that may be, big, be a big challenge? I mean, I personally think uh, Roxanne Mataferi would be a great fight for anybody at 125. Uh, but, you know, considering that you haven't watched it, maybe you don't know these girls, but anybody on the show that you might be familiar with that you think would pose a good challenge for you? Uh, you know, I am every every time I'm ready to fight with everyone. It doesn't matter for me like who it will be, but uh, I'm not scared of no one. I just have to prepare as good as I know and to be in the great shape and good like mental condition. And I'm ready to fight with anyone. And uh, I'm sure there is like the girls who are participating in Tough 26. They are very very strong, and uh, it will be good to fight. Uh, really to fight all of them because uh, only this opportunity you know how strong you are or what level you are. Absolutely, absolutely. A very uh, <laughs> you are a, a true a true athlete, and I, I, I cannot comm uh, commemorate you enough for um, just the way you handle these questions. I mean, you are such a a humble, true fighter, true athlete, and that's a very refreshing thing in this day and age where we're full of trash talk in the sport so that being said let's change gears here for a second give us your thoughts on and your reaction to to rose namajunas beating joanna on jacek for the championship 
to capture the title. And what did you think of her post-fight uh, speech? Uh, you know, the result of the fight it was for me very clear. And every time before their fight, um, I was giving some interviews, and people was asking me, uh, "Who you think will uh, will win this fight?" And I said, "Rose, she will be, she will be the winner on this fight." And everybody do, uh, doesn't believe me. They was like, "No, it cannot be." But I was saying like, "Let's see, let's see. It will be like this because uh, I fought um, like with both girls." I know the strength of Joanna and I know the strength of uh, Rose and uh, for me it was very clear that she will be the winner because uh, she is different type of opponent for Joanna. Joanna every time was fighting with the wrestler girls that everyone they was wanted like to catch her, to throw her down, to maybe to submit her or something like this. But uh, for Rose she's complete fighter. She's like a new gen- generation MMA fighter because she can fight in stand-up. She feels the same good at stand-up like in the ground and clinching and everywhere. And uh, for me, it was, I was not surprised because I knew the result it will be like this. Wow, wow. Yeah, I agree with you. A lot of people were not picking Rose, but she certainly went out there and shocked the world. Um, do you think there should be an immediate rematch, in your opinion? Or should Rose get another challenger and you you want to have to start from square one and work her way back up? I think it will be very fair uh, to give them rematch. And uh, I think... Um it will be good fight because Joanna will fight, will train like um, much stronger maybe, and uh, she will be more focused on the fight. And but I think it will be great fight. And uh, but uh, the same, like I said before, it doesn't change nothing. Rose, she's different fighter than she was, for example, a few years ago, and now she is ready to be the champion. And I think she will be very good and very good champion for her weight class division. Yeah, and again with her uh with her post fight uh speech there inside the octagon talking about, you know, we need more love in the sport. Really awesome stuff, especially considering that we're in the age of Conor McGregor and a lot of trash talk. I personally feel the Bushido code is is something that the sport is missing and it'll be nice to see more and more champions uh get us back to that, yourself included. Uh but listen, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. Um you know exactly about if we come back to the same question like you said but uh, all these kind of personalities it's we are like all we are so different one of the one of us is like for example, like me, another one is like Rose, another one like, uh, for example, how you say Conor McGregor, he has different style. But this is make uh, all kinds all all together. We if we put all together, it make us like um, we have the individuality and we are all different and this is what make very interesting our sport because because it's not all the same like one. We have all kind of individualities in the, in this sport and that's why I my opinion it's uh, ha, anyone uh, have to express in their own style it doesn't matter if for example Conor McGregor he feel very comfortable doing his things it's great but if another fighter he's like or she feel comfortable doing totally different things it's great too and that's why we have our way to express ourselves 
I I couldn't have said it better. Uh, this is a sport about personalities and characters, and as you mentioned, the individuality of all of you, and uh, that's what makes people get so attached to these athletes and and uh, really become diehard fans. So I could not agree more. You hit the nail right on the head there. But as I was saying, you've been more than generous with your time. I just had a couple more questions for you. Um, what's the next move here with with Paige declining the fight? What's the timeline for you? And you know, you, I know you asked for her in, in mid January, but when would you like to fight earliest and, and latest? Uh, assuming that you have trouble finding an opponent. Um, I'm ready to fight. So I'm ready to fight uh, from starting in the new year. So it doesn't matter. I think it's a matter of time to find opponents, new name, and uh, to make in preparation for me because uh, I'm feeling like I'm rested enough after the, all my preparation for these two fights. Not two fights, one fight, but two preparation, UFC 213 and UFC 215. But um, now I feel totally like refreshed again, and I want to come back um, uh, as soon as I can to the octagon, and more I will help uh, on preparation for the fight of my sister. She will be fighting December 22 in Dubai in Phoenix Fighting Championship promotion, so she will be fighting MMA fight, and I'm very happy to help her too, and so I will... The same way I will I will be helping her and I will be preparing myself. So I will be ready for the January, for February, March, April, whatever. I just wait the date and uh, like put more put my energy to the next fight. Really? So is she making her MMA debut? Your sister? No, it's not her debut. She has already five fights, and she was fighting a lot in 2002, 2003, 4, and 5, but in MMA. But after, we was focusing more in Muay Thai fights, Correct, and... Yeah. Uh, and she came back, and she had her like after after 13 years, I guess. After 13 guess, uh, years not fighting MMA, she had her like come back in September, uh, in the end of September in London. So so she won that fight, and now she will uh, go back and fight in MMA in December 22 in Dubai. Awesome. So it sounds like there's potential for you both to be in the UFC and be the first potential sister combination of uh, champions in the <laughs> UFC. That would be really cool. Yes, I think so. <laughs> All right, so um, Paige had turned down the fight with Jessica I. I mean, is that, a, is that a fight that interests you? She's looking for an opponent. It sounds like you want to get in there as soon as possible. Things are going to be a little tied up with the, with the Tough 26 uh, finale coming up. Is Jessica I an opponent that would interest you? Uh, let's see in the future because all this like uh, to find an opponent it's already my uh, my team my coach manager you see they will speak and they choose the best option and then we will know some news but for now like it's just uh, just 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 searching uh, another name so uh, doesn't doesn't matter for me how I said I will put uh, all my like best. Uh, in the preparation, in just to face the opponent, who they, what, uh, what they will pick up. All right, very good. So I certainly hope that there's an announcement soon. Definitely want to see you back in, uh, back in competition, as do all of your fans and everybody else that loves this sport. You're always a pleasure to watch, and certainly a consummate professional. Uh, in conclusion, tell all the Bullet Valentina fans what they can expect to see in your next fight, and uh, will you be the flyweight champion in 2018? 
Yes, this is this is my goal. It's every time was my goal, uh, and I will do my best. I will do my best to make this 2018 the special year for me. All right, very good. Thank you very much for your and time. Like, and, and like and like I say, like I said, even after all of this, uh, we have like uh, unfinished business with Amanda Nunes, and for sure I will be back, and we will fight again for sure. So if if it doesn't happen right now, but it it will happen. It will happen sometimes. That's why it's one thirty five for me and Amanda Nunes. It's not finished business yet. Yeah, you know, I should have asked you that. I was just assuming that the move down to one twenty five would be something that you pursue, be pursuing, uh, you know, focusing all of your attention on. But you, you were looking to potentially be a uh, two weight champion. Uh, it's uh, like for me, this is only one person. It's all about one person. Okay. And you know, the last fight, it's not the fight that uh, she didn't win the fight this last fight. She didn't. She didn't get the victory. So uh, for me, it's not, I cannot just leave it like this now because uh, we have to fight again. Yeah, I would agree with you. There's a ton of people that, that thought the the judges got the decision wrong. I know you protested it. There's been a lot of debate amongst the MMA community, and I certainly hope that that's a fight that happens as well. Uh, but, again, we greatly, greatly appreciate your time tonight. My apologies on the batteries issue there. And, uh, no worries. We, we hope to have you on the uh, on the show again soon, and I really hope that there's a fight announcement coming up in the next few weeks for you. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? No, just want to say thank you, Jason, for having me, and uh, just to wish very good day for you and for all your team, and just enjoy it. All right. Well, thank you, and the same to you and uh, your sister as well in her competition. I hope to see her in the UFC very soon as well. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Valentina Shevchenko, ladies and gentlemen. Super cool, and I love that accent. I don't know whether it's just like uh, me being a predominantly German guy or whatever the case is, but I've always dug dug those kind of accents. She's from uh, Kyrgyzstan, if I'm not mistaken. Kyrgyzstan? Kyrgyzstan? Is that how you say it? Anyway, <clears throat> clearly Russian accent with the Soviet uh former Soviet Empire, but if I'm not mistaken, she also knows like three other languages, so very cool accent, as a matter of fact, our own Tom Taylor reminded me of that, I forgot that she is like fluent in Spanish and English and Russian and something else, I I can't remember what the others were, but very impressive, bright future at 125, as you heard her talk about there, more natural weight class for her, and she expects to be very successful, will a fight with uh, Paige Van Zandt happen, tough to say. But if Paige was to win the title and to keep it, I have no doubt that they will cross paths uh, sometime in the future. But for the time being, you heard it from her on the show. She said the opponent doesn't matter. She just wants to fight soon, beginning of January, possibly February. Looking forward to her comeback and uh, how she's going to look and perform at 125 pounds. Um, And also... She still has unfinished business with Amanda Nunes, which is one of our guests tonight. However, I'm not one to really try to stir shit up. You know, if guys have genuine beef or you're playing the heel heel role as Colby does, you know, 
we pitch these to him, but when somebody is humble, like, uh, like Valentina and, and a true competitor at heart and, and lives by that Bushido code that I'm always talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to, to start some trash. So that being said, we really don't get into Valentina with Amanda is what I'm getting at. Also, you heard me mention something about batteries there. We tried to have Valentina on many, many, many months ago. And uh, somehow the the system I was using to record at that time had magically de- deleted our interview. And that did not go over well. <laughs> uh, good old Kinch looked pretty terrible there. So my batteries ran out on uh, my current recorder while we were doing that interview. And I was like, oh, my God, look, I'm so sorry, but I, I need to change batteries. And uh, luckily, everything worked out. Great conversation with her. Super cool person, as as I mentioned. Uh, but we're going to waste no time. Whoop. We're going to waste no time. We're going to jump right back into it. Colby Chaos Covington has a lot to say about the possibility of Nate Diaz versus Tyron Woodley. We talk about John Jones, the Conor McGregor situation. Always an entertaining guy playing that heel role to a T and accomplishing all the things that he's, he's set out to do in this sport. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Colby Chaos Covington. Penn Nation, welcome back to the show, calling us from across the globe, as he's currently in Sydney, Australia, our good friend, and a man who has consistently been in the MMA headlines, Triple C C himself, Kobe Chaos Covington. What's going on, Kobe? How is Australia treating you so far, man? What's up, Jason? What's up, BJ Penn Radio? Thanks for always having me on and giving me the voice. You know it, brother. So, how is Australia treating you so far, bro? Oh, man, Australia's nice, man. A lot better than that dumb Brazil, that's for sure. <laughs> so you're obviously out there for fight week. Uh, are you going to be booked up doing appearances and stuff, or are you going out there and, and really going to have an opportunity to experience the great down under? Yeah, you know, I got a lot of appearances. Everybody wants to see the UFC's most handsome-looking man. So, you know, me me and my boy Gamebred Masvidal, we got to go around, do some appearances, do some meet and greets, do a little questions and answers for for the fans. Awesome, man. Awesome. So do you think you're going to have an opportunity to really experience Australia at all, or is this just, this just going to be strictly business for you? <clears throat> this is probably just going to be strictly business. You know, there's a lot of, a lot going on this week with the UFC, so, you know, I'm just, I'm here for business, you know, help promote the brand, help uh, get Tyron Woodley out of scared and hiding. <laughs> so let's jump right into it, man. News broke last night and today that Tyron's in negotiations to fight Nate Diaz at UFC 219. I'd imagine you have plenty to say about that. Yeah, I think he's bluffing, man. I don't believe it. I won't believe it until it's signed, you know. Tyron's not a money fighter. Why would Nate Diaz come back and fight Tyron Woodley? Tyron Woodley can't sell 100,000 pay-per-views. So what is Nate going to come back and fight Tyron Woodley when he can't sell 100,000 pay-per-views? Because at the end of the day, Nate made a bunch of money when he fought Conor. You know, he made like $20 million, So he's not... He's not in a hurry to come back and fight, you know. What, what's he going to come back and fight Tyrone for one million, and then and then he loses all his luck for the Connor fight? So, I think it's, I think uh, Tyrone's bluffing because he doesn't want to fight me. He's scared to fight me. Now, a lot of people are saying that this is an instance of trying to save the UFC 219 card. You know, what, what's your reaction to the to the potential matchup here? I mean, I know you're saying that that uh, Nate really doesn't have any reason to fight Tyrone as far as money goes, but do you think possibly that the UFC offered him? A, a significant amount of money to, to take a fight on short notice and save this card? 
No, I don't believe that. Why, why would the UFC do Tyrone Woodley a favor? The UFC hates Tyrone Tyquil. His new name's Tyquil. It's, it's not Nyquil. You know, you could take Nyquil to go to sleep. This is Tyquil. Tyrone's the most boring fighter. He's supposed to put the fighters to sleep, not the fans to sleep. So, with that being said, I don't think that he's been offering ideas. I'm not going to do Tyrone Woodley any favors. The guy's been in the most boring welterweight title fights of all time. And, and frankly, he doesn't deserve a money fight. So, I, I don't believe it's true until I see the dotted line sign. Now, I had asked you earlier this week if you were in talks to fight Tyron at, at UFC 219 and uh, help the company save the show. You had mentioned that you were hopeful, but nothing was in the works yet. You know, that being said, you must have been a little shocked to hear that Nate was the guy in negotiations. I mean, realistically, as far as the matchup goes, what do you think of them going, to, you know, competing against each other stylistically and the idea of Nate leapfrogging the entire division to get a crack at the title? Uh, it's a joke, man. What, what's Nate Diaz's record at welterweight? Does, he doesn't even have a 25% win ratio. I mean, he got his ass beat by Dung Hum Kim. You saw what I did to Dung Hum Kim. I completely destroyed him and outclassed him. So Nate, Nate's a, a small 55er. He's, he doesn't belong at 170. You know, whatever. If, if, if he gets the fight, good for him, man. I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be the number one contender, and I'm still going to get my belt next. So Tyrone can only run and, and hide for as long as he can, but... At the end of the day, I'm still going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. I am the best, and I cannot be stopped right now. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I think a lot of people, they get the idea of, of a possible money fight saving the show, but at the same time, man, it's a real, real tough tough task, task for Nate to be able to beat a guy like Tyron, probably undersized, might be able to push the action, but, um, I mean, do you give him a chance in this fight? Who would you pick for it? No, I don't really give him a chance because, you know, he hasn't shown any, any uh, chances at 170. You know, he didn't beat anybody. You know, he he got beat up by everybody. You know, Jung Hum Kim beat the fuck out of him. Uh, Roy McDonald beat the fuck out of him. He's a small 155, you know, and he's at the end of his career anyways. So, you know, it doesn't really make sense. I don't even know why he would go up, you know. They must be paying him at least a couple million, you know, five million or something. So, I don't know. Honestly, I really think Tyron's bluffing. I, I want to call Tyron out on his bluff because, how do you know he's in the negotiations? You know, has the UFC said that, or is that Tyron feeding the media lies? Because Tyron loves to feed the media lies. So where does this leave you now? I mean, assuming that this fight is a possibility, I understand you're very skeptical right now, but do you sit and wait for the winner, or, or do you take another fight in the meantime if this fight does get made? You know, if the fight does get made, you know, we wait and see. We evaluate after the fight, you know. If, if someone's going to get hurt, then... Uh, you know, then, then I'm going to take a fight. Then I'm going to look for the Robbie Lawler versus Rafael Dos Anjos winner. But if no one gets hurt in the fight, then, you know, I'm willing to wait till spring or summertime to fight Tyron. You know, this is my division now. I run this division, you know. i got to show you a quote that um, I found of Tyron Woodley before he fought R Robbie. And the quote was, oh, man, the UFC's a circus, man. It's bullshit. I'm the number one contender. I'm going to wait out. If I have to sit out a year... I'll sit out a year to get my title shot, but I'm the number. I'm the next in line. And then after he fights Robbie, oh, this isn't sport. This is uh, this is all about money. This and that. I'm just looking for money fights. It's just funny, man. I'm gonna send you the quote afterwards. You, you'll really get what I'm coming from. No, I, I do. I do remember that uh, talking about the contendership. He felt like he wasn't given his rightful shot at the title. And then you're correct. Once he did finally get that belt, he was looking for money fights. So uh, strange how the tables turn. Um, you know, once you finally get that strap. But with the possibility of Nate becoming the champion, I know you're not picking him at all for this one, but, you know, give us your thoughts on a potential fight with him, and is he a guy that you respect? 
Yeah, I, I respect Nate Diaz. He's a great fighter. He's, he's had a great career in the UFC. He's a gamer. He's tough as nails. But, I mean, as far as on the octagon, I don't respect him. I mean, the guy sucks, man. He, I mean, he's got a good gas tank. He's beating a lot of guys just off gas, you know, just just off wearing guys out, you know. But as far as a, a fighter, you know, he, he doesn't really bring much to the table. He's not a great striker. He, he's not a powerful guy. He's not – I mean, he's a pretty good grappler, like, jiu-jitsu-wise, but wrestling nullifies that. But – you know, he just—he doesn't belong at welterweight. You know, he's a great lightweight. That's what I'm trying to say. Is he's not a good—he's not a good welterweight. So, you know, I don't know. It's a—it's a joke. It's a joke if he gets the fight. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, the the record speaks for itself. He's had a lot of trouble at 170. Had success at at 155, but uh, even then, it's not not fair at all to have him leapfrog the entire division to take this fight. That being said. When when you were like hearing these rumors and and these things going on possibly behind closed doors, did you throw your name in the hat? I mean, did you contact Sean Shelby and say give me a fight at UFC 219? I mean, have you have you heard anything from the company about you possibly being featured on that card? Yeah, I think they tossed around the idea of me being there, but you know, Tyron started complaining, making excuses. Oh, he hasn't earned it. You know, he he's not worthy yet, and he's just making excuses. You know, Tyron Woodley does not want to fight me. He made up all this bullshit after I fight Maya. He's like, oh, Kobe has pillow hands. Oh, Kobe this. If I'm such an easy fight, then why aren't you taking that easy fight? Because I am the number one contender. I beat the same resume that you beat. I beat Robbie Lawler. I beat Doug Kim. I beat Damian Maya's ass, you know. So, you know, he's making up all these excuses. And we put our name in the hat to fight him. And, and he's like, no, he doesn't deserve it. He needs to keep fighting. He needs to do this and that. So, you know, at the end of the day, if the UFC offers me the fight the week before 219, I will be ready and I will show up at UFC. 219, Jason. I have no doubt, man. I have no doubt. And it certainly needs a big fight to save the card. It's taken quite the hit. Uh, so hopefully something like that does get made. When all these rumors were circulating, man, I contacted you immediately. I thought that you were going to be the guy. I mean, when this all started, did you have any doubt? I, I know you doubt that, that Tyron doesn't want the fight. But, I mean, did you think that this was, uh, this was a good possibility for you to be on the card? Yeah, I thought it was a great possibility. I'm next in line at welterweight. You know, I'm number three in the world. There's only two guys ahead of me, Robbie Lawler and Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson already fought twice, and so he's not getting another shot. Robbie Lawler got knocked out in under a minute or two minutes, so, you know, they're not going to redo that fight. It doesn't make sense, you know, and, and I've already knocked out Robbie enough in the gym, so I'm ahead of him, man. I'm the number one contender. I've beaten these guys that Tyron fought. I beat these guys a lot worse than Tyron beat them, so at the end of the day, you know, I'm ready to fight Tyron on a week's notice, a day's notice, whenever he wants to go, but... You know, it's ducking season. He's going to be ducking me for a while. You know, he, he's fought me in the gym, and I've taken his soul in the gym. So he knows I'm a bad matchup, and he's going to try and duck me as long as he can. Uh, ducking season. Maybe it's duck hunt season for you then, huh? That's right. It's duck hunt, man. It's, it's, it's hunting season, man. <laughs> I'm hunting my shot, man. I'm the best welterweight in the world right now. I'm not going to be stopped. Listen, changing gears here for a moment, I wanted to discuss some of the other bigger news from this week, this past week anyway. First being the stuff that you said about John Jones. I know you were uh, his roommate at one point. You've had some pretty harsh words for him as of late. Uh, the stuff he said on Twitter about, you know, uh, go do coke and, and cheat on your wife type of thing. Uh, being that you know the guy, was he really that wild when you were with him as a roommate? Or do you think he's worse now? Uh, he was just as wild, man. He was doing all the same things he was doing back then. Steroids, coke, a lot of drugs, partying. So, you know, he's the same guy he's been for the last 10 years, man. The guy's a piece of shit, dude. Like... Honestly, that guy's a low life. He doesn't even deserve to be in the sport, man. They should, like, blackball him from the sport. 
So you have no doubt that this that these claims of uh, not failing the drug test that's all just BS at this point. Oh, 100%. That's 100% BS, man. They're just, you know, they tried to claim the dick pills originally. Now they're probably trying to claim some tainted supplement. I mean, they got excuses out the book, you know, but at the end of the day, the guy's a cheater. He's a fraud. He's a fake. And when I say fake, you know, I mean, look at the guy. He's trying to be a baby face. Dude, you're not a baby face. You might as well just play the heel role. You probably make, you'll probably be able to do better with the heel role because you're not a baby face, bro. Everybody knows you've been exposed. You're, you're a cheater. You're a fraud. You're a fake. I mean, you might as well go the heel route because you ain't a good guy anymore. You're a piece of shit. Dude, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, when he was when he first came back and was uh, doing the press stuff with, with Daniel Cormier and he started to kind of show that heel side, I started to like him again. I was like, all right, cool, because everybody saw through the fakeness of, of being, uh, you know, the, the, the golden child and, and the guy of Jesus and things of that nature. And when you finally saw the bad guy side of him, people were starting to love that. But then he quickly switched it back up and... I mean, everybody can read it. Obviously, you can as well. So, uh, unfortunate, without a doubt. But um, the other big news, man, McGregor, this incident with with uh, Mark Goddard at Bellator 187. What was your take on that? And do you think he should be punished by the commissions? Ah, uh, you know, he's just he's classless, man. You know, when you get to that money and that fame, you know, it's like, dude, you're not. You need to stop walking on, acting like you walk on water, dude. You're not above people, bro. You can't just do that shit in the commission and jump over cages. What is this, a circus, man? Like, this is a professional sport, man. Act like a professional athlete. He needs to conduct himself in a professional manner, man. He's walking around like he's the hottest thing since fucking sliced bread, but, you know, at the end of the day, the guy needs to fucking get a reality check. Yeah, it's funny. I, I spoke with Ally Aquinta earlier this week. He said the exact same thing, you know, that somebody needs to give him a reality check. But uh, last time we spoke, you had mentioned that you'd like to drop down and take his belt after you beat Woodley. Would you look to defend the, the the belt at 170 first, or would you immediately go after that big payday? Yeah, you know, I think the thing is, I could go up to 185, or I could go down to 155. I've been beating the best middleweights in the world at America's Top Team for a long time, so I could go up and whoop some middleweights ass, and, and I'm not a big welterweight. I can make 155, so I decided early in my career that I would go to 170, I'd take the belt to 170, and then I would go look for the biggest fight possible, you know? So it looks like McGregor's there at 155, so... You know, after I take the belt from Woodley, I'm going to be looking for that little Irish fuck. <laughs> well, looking forward to it, man. The possibility of a uh, multiple weight class champ, be another guy to, to step in that lofty uh, realm of, of, of the few fighters that have done that so far. Uh, but before we wrap things up, man, you sent me this really cool promo video uh, last week or the week before of uh, you at Impact Wrestling. Tell us a little bit about how things are going over there and when can we expect to see you on the show next. Oh, man, things are going great over at Impact Wrestling. We were over in Ottawa. We were uh, doing the tapings for uh, the whole season This, you know, that's coming out on Pop TV. It's like a 10-week season. So, you know, you see your boy, truly, Colby Chaos Covington, be featured every week in that. So, you know, things have been great, man, transitioning great into pro wrestling. You know, that's definitely an avenue I'm looking to go down. You know, I want to supplement my income. The only way you make money in the UFC is if, is if you fight. So, you know, I want to be making money when I'm not fighting because you obviously see it. No one wants to fight me. Everybody's scared. And I'm not talking about people behind me. I'm, t I'm looking at people ahead of me. You know, I've earned that right. And when I'm champ, I'll fight anybody. But with that being said, you know, I, I want to make money when I'm not fighting. So, you know, pro wrestling is definitely an avenue. I'm going down. And, and, you know, my manager, Dan Lambert, you know, we want to take it to the WWE. So that's that's the end goal, you know. That, that guy, Dan Lambert, America's top team, he can shoot the best promo in the game, hands down. I guarantee it. So we're looking to take that angle to WWE. 
So make sure you give a shout out to Shane Mc, or Vince McMahon. You got it. You got it, brother. I mean, so, you know, to, to stick with this for a second, uh, Impact obviously a really good, uh, uh, I guess, journeyman league or uh, a way for you to really hone your skills to get that eventual bump up to the WWE. You know, when you're looking at this as far as time frame goes, when are you expecting to eventually be able to make it into the big promotion with uh, World Wrestling World Wrestling Entertainment? Uh, you know, I think I'm, I'll be ready in the next year. You know, I've been honing my skills at Impact, you know, making my, sure my promos are on point, making sure, sure my bumps. And, you know, a bump is a term for taking, you know, a shot in the, in the pro wrestling business. And, and making sure my finishing moves and all and all my moves are, are correct. You know, I don't want to make any mistakes when I'm at that level. you, you got to be mistake-free at that level. So, you know, I think I'll be ready. Me and Dan Lambert will be ready for WWE within the next year. What, uh, you know, you mentioned the bump, and I know a lot of people don't know understand the terms like shoot and things of that nature, but what has been the hardest thing for you to grasp when it comes to the technical aspects of pro wrestling? Um, you know, I think just uh, slowing everything down. You know, when when you're out there in front of a crowd and, and you got a camera right in front of your face, you know, you want to you want to just go go go. You know, but that's not how you do it in the pro wrestling. That's not how it works in that business. You have to be able to slow things down and really sell it. You know, like if you're doing a move, you know, you got to really sell it. You got to excel the expression and the emotion. So just slowing things down, you know, and I think that's going to really help me out for MMA and fighting in general, just to be patient and and wait for your moment. For sure, they go hand in hand. I agree with you. So, uh, I guess real quick before we wrap it up, I, I know I said this before, but what's your finishing move, man? My finishing move is uh, the suplex. Just a regular regular vertical or? Yeah, just a regular backward vertical. You know, I grew up as a little kid doing amateur wrestling, so I was, you know, winning national titles as a little kid in high school and stuff in freestyle and Greco. So, you know, I've, I've really got a, a really good suplex. Cool, cool. Well, certainly looking forward to it, man. Uh, as always, Kobe, we greatly, greatly appreciate the time. In conclusion, cut another promo on Woodley if you'd like to and tell all the fans out there what your next move is. Yo, Ty Quill. I'm not saying NyQuil. There's a new thing that's been replaced if you have a sleeping disorder. Just get Ty Quill, Tyrone Woodley, the gossip girl. You need to stop running, man. Stop fucking making up all this shit, all these lies. Oh, you can beat me easy. If I'm such an easy fight, come get this easy fight, motherfucker. You got my belt. You got something that belongs to me. So keep it warm for me because I'm coming to get it, motherfucker. Fuck you, Tyron Woolley. <laughs> all right, man. Always a pleasure, Kobe. Greatly appreciate it. I hope you have a great time in Australia, and uh, I hope that a fight gets announced for you soon, whether it be the title shot or finally a number one contender fight that's guaranteed a title shot. Uh, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go, man? Yeah, big shout-out to my manager, Dan Lambert, uh, American Top Team. I wouldn't be there without – wouldn't be here with, without them. And a uh, big shout-out to BJ Penn for always giving me the voice, you know. So much love to the best MMA media site in the world, talking to the best welterweight in the world. <laughs> we love it, man. Greatly appreciate it, Kobe. You have a, it sounds like you're having breakfast. Have a wonderful breakfast. And, uh, you know, do a, do a great job cutting promos in Australia. I have no doubt you will, man. You know I'm going to be hot on that mic this weekend. <laughs> Without a doubt. I'm looking forward to it, brother. All right. Later, Jason. All right. Take it easy, Kobe. Peace out. Peace, man.
Colby Chaos Covington, BJPen.com Radio. Colby's, Colby is always into. I cannot talk today. Did you hear? Did you hear the interviews I had? Fumbling words all over the place. I cannot speak today. Anyway, Colby always entertaining. You guys know you've heard him on the show many, many times, playing that heel role to a T, as I've said. Um, but of course, wanted to hear his take on what's going on with this Diaz Woodley situation. All the stuff he's been saying about John Jones, and of course his opinion on McGregor. Be on the lookout for him in Australia to all of our Australian fans and listeners. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of meet and greets, as he said, Q and A's, so forth. And I'll be looking for him in the crowd this weekend with the fights going down in Sydney. So cannot waste any more time. Got to keep moving. Coming up next, the champ herself. UFC women's 135-pound champ, bantamweight champ, knockout artist, Forbes, 30 under 30, only MMA athlete, or uh, UFC athlete, rather, to make that list. Talking about the lioness, Amanda Nunes. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Amanda Nunes. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the women's bantamweight champ herself, the lioness, Amanda Nunes. Thanks for taking the time to join us tonight, Amanda. Where are you calling us from? Are you back home in Florida now? Hi, hi. Thank you. We'd appreciate Are you uh, Are you back home in Florida right now? It's awesome. You know, we just come back from Nina's fight, and... Tomorrow you back in training. Everything's fine. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Obviously, there's a lot to discuss, but uh, first, the big win of your significant other over the weekend. Uh, give us your thoughts on Nina's performance and how happy were both of you with the victory. You know, Nina was ready for, for everything in the fight. We know it's going to be like that. Angela Hughes is very tough, and we expect that, you know. Nina want to stay in, in the feet with her. And proving she's better, she's better than her in the feet because everybody expects Nina take this fight down and and finish her on the ground. But uh, I think it's a, a good decision Nina Nina take to stand the feet because I know she she was better than Angela Hill. Uh, she starts slow a little bit in the first round, but uh, soon the fight move on. The second round she wake up, she be able to to get into the fight, you know. I think she did amazing. For sure, she would if she pushed the pace, she pressure, she would finish Angela Hill. She knock her, for sure. She would be able to knock Angela Hill out. But she did great, you know. She did enough to get guarantee the win and yeah, move for the next one. And I think it was great. Yeah, you got to be happy with that outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but how beneficial is it to have the same profession as your partner? You know, we follow the same dream. This, we wake up, we think pretty much the same in everything. We like like training, like to, you know, do our diets together. This is pretty cool. It's hard when you have a partner, like, don't care about you. We always care, care about each other. This is the help we grow, like we, we've been doing right now. And I become a champion since I met Nina. We start to do 
those days we've been doing training together, um, do everything together, and everything's awesome, you know. I've become a champion. She's, like, moving forward in head division as well soon. I'm, I'm guaranteed she's going to be the champ as well, and we're we ready for this moment, you know. We walk from that. How cool How cool would that be to be the first couple in MMA to, to be concurrent champions? That would be pretty awesome, right? Yeah, pretty awesome. I can't wait for this moment, you know. I think she's deserved. She's been, you know, she's been following everything, like taking care of everything, her diet, taking care of her training. I think she's like, she will be soon, for sure. I'm not down in my mind, you know. Well, I believe it. I believe I know, I know what is she capable of. Well, with you in a corner and a great team behind you guys, the sky is certainly the limit. But, you know, before we get into next into what's next for you specifically, I saw this week that uh, you were the only UFC athlete to make it onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list this year. What was your reaction to making that list? That's cool, you know. Um, since I started my career, I always, like, say I want to be a champion before 30. I always say that. And I'm here, you know. Right. <laughs> and I put it this, I put it, I put it this down. Since I step in this country, I will be a champion before 30. And happen, I become a champion. I defend my belt twice, and I become the best, uh, the best fighter of the year. And everything, you know, everything's happening in my life. I take care of my life very well. I be a good, always be a good person. Be a good a good champion, and everything's happening in life. You know, if you if you're a shitty person, if you will be doing all those bad things, things doesn't happen in your life. You know, you have to to be a good person. And things gonna natural come true. Absolutely, the pieces will fall into place. That is for sure. You know, I, I've got to say, you know, from the first time I saw you fight back in Strike Force, it was actually when you knocked out Julia Bud. I saw huge star potential in you, as as I'm sure many others did. But, you know, not many women possess that kind of power. And while it's been a long road to the top, you know, to get where you're at now, d- does what you accomplished is, so far, does that still feel kind of surreal at times? Honestly, like, uh, that fight against Julia Bud was surprising for me as well. Because I I supposed to take her down. I supposed to use, use the judo, use wrestling, and submit her to the floor. But uh, things work out different in that fight. Even my corner got surprised, like, tell me, wow, I didn't even expect that. And since at that moment, like, I saw, like, I have to train more stand-up. I think it, this is going to be a big thing in the future for me. And then since at that moment till today, like, I train strike and then I become, like, better every day, you know? And sometimes it's really, like, um, to to realize, it, like, since that moment till today, like, everything's happened, like, that is a little bit, sometimes, like, I, it's not real, like, sometimes, like, I feel like, wow, yeah, yeah. I did it. Like, sometimes, like, I have to, to think a little bit to to really believe it, in all those things, but uh, I'm very happy in my life in, in this, in this point that I am now, like, everything, it's awesome. I become a better, you know, a better fighter. I can think better inside the cage. Like, you know, take time for you putting things together inside the, the, the cage. Sometimes you, um, 
a gym fighter, you know? You were like a freak in the gym. Sometimes you like, you fight. It's completely different in the gym. When you step in, in the cage, it's like another level. You have to be a fighter inside the cage. Yeah, you, you know, and then take, take, yeah, take time to take time for me to make myself this kind of fighter that I am right now inside the cage. Yeah, you know, we we hear that time and time again. We hear that time and time again that you know some people are animals, as you said, in the gym. They're great in the gym, but they can't put it together when they finally step into the cage. And that clearly has not been a problem for you, especially in recent history. Yeah, exactly, and. I put in my mind, like, I don't want to be that kind of fighter. I don't want to be good in the gym. You know, if it happens, things in the gym happen, but uh, I have to be a better fighter inside the cage. I want to dominate all those girls in my division inside the cage the day of the fight. And then, if I think like that, my my game plan inside the cage starts, starts like, I start to put it together. This is making me, like, appreciate more, you know, my career. Because I put it work in the gym, but I want to put it that work in the gym inside the cage. And then this making me appreciate more. And making me happy right now at this point in my life that I can step in the cage and then decide what I want to do. You know, Absolutely. if I want to take the girl down, if, she, if I got in bad position, I'd be able to recover and I'd be able to, you know, move forward in the fight. And it takes time. For me... I, I take time to to get in this level, you know, that I am right now with my mind inside the cage. And I really enjoy this moment right now. I keep working on that to see, like, what this, this life is going to take me. For sure, for sure. And as I said, the sky's the limit. I mean, you've certainly uh, risen to the occasion so far, and I have no doubt you will continue to do so. But what's next for the Lioness? When do you expect to return to competition? You know, I'm ready to go. I, I kind of don't want to step in front of Chris Cyborg right now because I know she, she want to fight Holly Holmes, but uh, I don't think this fight is going to happen. And I really want to, like, Holly Holmes come down again for 135 and then we can do this. I want to defend my belt. I want to defend 135 belt. And I think Holly Holmes is the only one in this division comes from a win, you know, and... I think she's the one. I think if she's not going to fight Cyborg, she has to come down and then make this happen. Now, it was it was reported not long ago that Raquel Pennington was going to be next for you, but unfortunately she broke her leg. What was your initial reaction to that matchup? And, you know, give us your thoughts on her as a competitor. I know obviously you're saying you'd rather fight Holly at this point, but with the possibility of fighting Raquel in the future, give us your thoughts on that fight. Yeah, Rocky's like evolved a lot. You know, her, her last fight was against Misha. You know, she she did a great job. And I think it's a great opponent for me, you know. It's going to be a battle, always, you know, when you step in the cage. Every, I, I expect Rocky being uh, the best fighter ever, you know. And she's, I think, is the same. And I only, honestly, I'm a fighter. I just want to fight. Right. Whatever, you know, I just want to fight. I want to defend my belt. And... I'm ready for UFC. I'm ready to go. Absolutely. You know, but I think uh, for sure this fight is supposed to be December, but uh, December now too close. I don't think it's going to have an opponent for me. But um, I'm ready for the next year, for sure, January, February. We will see. 
Well, you know, again, with Raquel sidelined, I certainly agree with you that Holly Holm makes a lot of sense. That would be a great fight for all the fans. But I also understand that that you don't want to step on Cyborg's toes. I know she's been campaigning for that fight as well. However, if Holly doesn't want to take the fight, it only makes sense that, that you and Holly go at it. And again, that would be a great fight for the fans. But, you know, with everything that's happening at UFC 219, is there any chance that, that you could possibly be added to that show to help save the card? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think you I have to have time to to prepare, you know? For sure. And I I need some time. You know, this is a title shot. This is not a fight that I that I can jump like a, a show week notice or anything like that. This is a title fight. I wanna put a great performance, you know. I wanna like keep moving forward in my career and they have to give me time. I need a time to get get ready and yeah, I think he's... No, I understand. I mean, six, the right Yeah, yeah, six weeks is, is, is short notice for sure, and, you know, it's just with all the stuff that's going on with that card, I actually wanted to get your reaction to the rumors that the UFC's adding Nate Diaz versus Tyron Woodley to save this card. You know, what was re- your reaction to that news, and give us your thoughts on the matchup. Who would you pick in the fight? I think this is a great matchup for the fans as well. Uh, of course, I pick Tyron. <laughs> You know, and uh, I think Tyron has a huge advantage uh, against Nate. And I, I want to see this fight. I think it's going to be very interesting to see. And uh, for me to get in that card, that card is like, I have to diet as well, you know? Yeah, very difficult to do uh, on I have short to, notice. Yeah, I have to plan very well my diet, you know? And yeah, it's going to be too close for me. But uh, I'm, I look forward for that card. I want to see Tyron back in the cage again and move forward in his career. I'm excited for Absolutely, absolutely. So changing gears here for a moment, I understand that uh, you had a change of management. I'm wondering how are you liking uh, that change so far? Man, it's great. You know, I never, like, was so happy in my life like I am right now. You know, it's hard because when you when you... you you in this kind of in that, in that point that I am in my career, like you, sometimes like you have to to see what are, what are the the choice, you know, the the good thing to do with your money. And I, I feel like right now um, I'm training the America top team. You know, you know the five percent um, we pay the gym, and like they really think about the fighters, you know, they. They make it easy for the fighters. You're not gonna go to the gym and pay like forty percent or twenty percent for your purse. You know, like make that money. You know, yet I feel like America Top Team is the best gym on the planet because they really wanna help the fighters grow. You know, they never gonna take like so much from the fighters. You see the fighting like grow slowly. You know, and then then the owner of the America Top Team helped me so much. He like. And contact for me UFC. He like we discussed about the fighting. We we like a very good friend at the same time, you know. Yeah, Dan make Weber, it, Dan make Weber it gets easy. a lot of praise for sure. Exactly. He they really want to help the fighters grow, you know. He don't think about the fighters' money at all because he don't need it, you know. And he help only the fighters move move on in their life, and then. I'm I'm so glad that I met him and that I moved to America Top Team and then everything changed since in that moment, you know. And then he helped me so much, you know. He believed 
he believed in me since day one. And here we go. Now he's champion and we've been working well. We are friends. We discuss things. We, like, agree on a lot of things. We we never was, like, argument about anything because we pretty much think the same. You know? Yeah, he want to help me and, and we we move forward. Yeah, it's, it's perfect, very, perfect, very cool. I, I think... Perfect relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to. When you see, like, you put it, we put it down in the paper, like, the percentage you pay for, for a lot of energy, the energy no, no, no give you the, the, the return you need, you kind of like, hmm. Like, hold on. I don't, I don't think I put this money right, you know? Right. But, right. uh, Right now in my life, like, thank God, everything, like, is fine. I'm happy. It's just the big thing. And I can't wait to step in the cage again and keep defending this belt. Yeah, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on this. You mentioned American Top Team, of course, speaking highly of them. Uh, one of your teammates, Ioana Janjacek, she had uh, lost the title, unfortunately, to Rose Namajunas. I just wanted to get your thoughts on Rose's performance, and, and uh, do you think there should be an immediate rematch between those two? Yeah, I think Joanna make a huge mistake, you know. And Rosie capitalized. It was fast. I didn't even expect that. It was going to be so fast like that, you know. But uh, this is MMA, you know. Uh, things happen. Uh, it's a good thing, Joanna, keep her, her head up and then moving forward. And I think, like, she deserved the rematch. I don't think having no, nobody in this division, Jessica Andrade, Joanna already beat Jessica Andrade, you know, and I, I think she's, she deserved every match. Well, it's certainly in the works, and I think a lot of people would agree with you that, that the rematch is deserving considering all that she's accomplished. Um, but some, some, just to stay off topic here, just for another question, something else I wanted to get your opinion on is this Conor McGregor situation. You know, there was talk of uh, Conor fighting Tony at UFC 219, and then, of course, all this stuff with Conor and uh, the referee Mark Goddard that went down at Bellator 187. What was your opinion on Conor's actions, and do you think he should be punished further for what he did? <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, it's hard to, to give your opinion in somebody else so big in this, in, this uh, in, in MMA, you know? And honestly, like, this is, a, this is Conor, you know? He's like that. You know, you can expect so many things from him. He's that kind of guy, explosive, he don't care, he do all those things. Like, whatever they want to do with him, like, I'm completely okay. Nothing's going to change my life. Right. And I kind of like, uh, you know, like, I, this is hard for you, like, really talk about somebody else when you don't know him. I don't know him. Like, whatever I say to you doesn't matter because only, only one, one person can do some things otherwise, you know. And, well, nothing's going to change my life. I think Conor is like that. He's, like, he's a huge in the MMA, uh, uh, for the MMA fans. A lot of people love him, and, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> right, right. No, completely understandable. It's just such a hot topic right now. I'm trying to get everybody's thoughts on it, but I agree with you. I mean, whatever happens to him, does that affect your life at all? Not what, you know, not at all. So, um Good answer makes perfect sense to me, but Connor catches a lot of heat for not defending this title, and you know rightfully so. But speaking of champions, uh, you're the only champion that the country of Brazil has in the UFC right now. I'm wondering, do you feel any added pressure to keep the title for the Brazilian people at this point? Uh, 
Honestly, like, uh, I live in Brazil a long time ago, you know. If I don't leave Brazil, my country, I don't become a champion. You know, I would stop. Like, I really don't think about, like, any pressure from them. Because I work hard for this by myself, you know. I work hard with, with those people, my girlfriend, my family behind me. And this is a kind of... This is the kind of thing is I have to prove it to myself and become a champion was something that I, was my dream, you know? Was the thing that I believe since day one. And when I, when I decided doing that, I don't have anything, nobody with me, you know? Only really the people really believe with me. My family, the coach, the, the coach that I work with. And that's why I don't have any pressure, any pressure because I live in my life because I want to live this life, you know. And I become a champion because I want to become a champion. Nothing like, of course, I'm a Brazilian. I love to be Brazilian. I don't have anything against the country, anything. But uh, this moment in my life is my moment, you know. This mo I live because I want. I, I live this moment because I believe it. And the country can pressure me. Because they know what's behind me, you know. Well, without question, it's 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 certainly an individual sport, and and all of your hard work only reflects your hard work and dedication. I mean, uh, but you know, given that you're the only champ that the Brazilians have left, I mean, it, would it be a dream for you to defend that belt in Brazil, maybe sometime in 2018? Yeah, uh, of course. Like um, whatever what you want to do, if they want to uh, send to me to Brazil defend, of course, I don't have any problem. But uh. You know, uh, the many things for me is defending this belt, you know. If whatever UFC sent to me, I will defend this belt. And it's not, it's not the, the big thing, have to be in Brazil, have to be, no. I defend this belt, whatever is big thing for you, you know. This, the thing making me move forward and then make my life better, I will do. And the big thing, and then make this thing for you, you know. Like, I'm not that kind of champion. I, I, I still, like, uh, don't make that pay-per-view high yet, you know, but uh, one day I will. And I have to, to, to pick the fight is going to be worth it for me, you know, to fight against. And whatever you actually want to make this fight happen, Vegas, whatever, I'm okay. For but sure, uh, for sure. in mean, Brazil, and all, and all. too, I will be happy, you know. I will be happy finding Brazil as well, no. Yeah, but, but uh, at, at this, the is same time, choice, this is a choice we see. This I, is the, the choice we see making that we discuss about whatever is better for me. For sure. You know, you're definitely the, the type of competitor, anytime, any place, you just want to defend your belt, and that's very commendable. I certainly give you a ton of props for that. But listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more questions here for you. Um... What are we looking at for a timeline here? I know you mentioned January, February. When would you like to have a, a fight finally announced and, and be training towards that goal of defending the belt? Of course, like, I want to announce something tomorrow, you know. All right. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to start, like, have a full schedule, a camp, you know. I'm, I'm that kind of person. If I know, I'm not in camp, I got so, like, stressful. I have to, like, have a goal, you know. I can't stay here at home, like, maybe I go to the gym, maybe I have a fight. No, I have to have a goal. I have to have a, a target. And I'm ready for, for UFC 
you know. So realistically, realistically, how many times would you like to compete in 2018? You know, assuming you stay healthy. You know, like three times is a good number for me. You know, if I don't get hurt, but uh, three times is a good number for me because I have I have a family too. I want to like spend time, go to Brazil. I didn't even went to Brazil this this year, but uh, next year I want to go. Well, that's definitely very reasonable. Three title defenses in a year. I think any champion would be happy with that. Uh, but you mentioned Holly Holm. That's that's the matchup that you're really looking forward to. Uh, give us your thoughts on that match stylistically, and how do you think you guys would uh, would do skill for skill uh, with the eventuality of that fight happening? Yeah, I think that this fight makes perfect sense because she's the only one in this division right now. Uh, makes sense. Because she's, you know, she have a lot of fans. A lot of people want to see her. And this matchup is going to be awesome. It's going to be on the feet. If I see I can do anything, I'm going to try to take her down. She knows that. This is, a, of course, everybody knows Holly Holmes don't have a good ground. Everybody knows her, her defense, her takedown defenses is not that amazing. You know, of course, this is my plan. I'm going to strike with her. Whatever, if I feel like I can do anything, I won't be able to, to, you know, strike with her, I'm going to try to take her down and move forward. Yeah, I think it's going to be great, you know. Of yeah. course, the, the fight, the fight starts on the feet, you know. And I will strike her. She has a, a, a dangerous a kick. Everybody knows that. You know, we have to train it to, to, you know, to, to avoid that kick and stuff. If coming from nowhere, you have to really expect coming from nowhere. You have to be ready for that. And, and things that I, when I started my camp, I will have a break, break it down in Holly Holmes very well in video. And we're going to discuss more the strategy. But uh, this is, is a... a Everybody knows that, you know. Everybody, this is one thing everybody's going to do, try to take her down, you know. But uh, the thing is, the right moment, the right take down, and we get a juice, we get a juice for sure. Well, I know, you're, I know you're completely confident that you could get the finish on the ground. You have highly renowned grappling skills for sure, but also testing yourself on the feet. That'd be a great war to watch go down, and I, I think it would be a great one for the fans. But uh, in conclusion... What can all the Lioness fans expect to see from you in your next fight, and what message would you give to the rest of the women's bantamweight division? You know, I keep it, I keep it evolving. You know, I always go to the gym to keep it evolving, evolving, evolving. Uh, give a better fight for all the things. You know, respect all, always aggressively. I never gonna back up in the fight. If you wanna beat the champion, you have to move forward, never move back. And I never is gonna let it, nobody put me back. I always gonna move forward, try to get it the finish, try to get it the finish on the feet, in the floor, whatever. But uh, never is gonna be a boring fighter, you know. Never, I'm gonna try to fight the whole time, follow you, and put a show. But uh, I have to have an opponent who likes to do that as well. My last opponent don't like to do that, and. I have to try to follow her the whole time to make things happen. And, but, uh, 
we move forward and I can't wait for my next opponent, you know, and I know it's going to be great. I will be ready. Well, we certainly look forward to it. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to speak with you this evening. Certainly hope that an, an opponent gets announced soon and we get to see you back in there in competition and defend that belt. And again, congratulations on making that uh, Forbes 30 under 30 less. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go, champ? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, guys, for having me in. Thank you. All right. Obrigado. You have a good evening. All right, Penn Nation, we have a very special guest here for this week's show. The always brash and outspoken UFC lightweight himself, Raging Ally Aquinta. Welcome to the show, Al. Where are you calling us from this evening? I am. I'm actually in, the, in my office right now. Just finishing up some work. Going to go ahead to the gym in a few minutes. No kidding, man. Ah, the, the work never ends for you, that's for sure. I got to pay the bills, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... So let's waste no time. Uh, we were all very disappointed to hear that, that you would uh, be unable to compete against Paul Felder at UFC 218. Walk us through what happened and the eventual announcement of your withdrawal from the fight. Oh, uh, it was just my body not feeling right. Just a, a bunch of different bunch of different things, most of which was just my injuries. Uh, you know, my injuries keeping me from fighting. Um just trying to stay healthy, you know. So was there something specific and, and how severe was it? I mean, is this something that's gonna require surgery or yeah, you know, no, what's I the recovery time? Tore my I tore my PCL and my MCL maybe three or four months ago. And it was it's recovering, it's getting better, but for me to fight, you know, really uh for me to really put in a, a full training camp and do what I need to do um, I, I wouldn't have been able to, I would have had to just focus on fighting and physical therapy and the way things are going, it, it wasn't looking like that was going to be possible, you okay. know? So it was the kind of thing where just all, all roads led to me not, not kind of taking a risk and fighting, um, on December 2nd. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense, man. Have you put any actually, thought into it? I a... really didn't even. I uh, I never really. I kind of accepted the fight, but I never signed a bout agreement. I never. Um, basically, I I told him I wasn't going to be fighting the day after I. I agreed to the fight. I was kind of I, I was kind of put under the gun. I think a little bit to accept the fight. You know, I was kind of told I had to give them an answer pretty quick, and I, it was a fight that I thought I really wanted. I thought it was a good stylistic matchup for me. Um, so I accepted the fight, and then thinking about it over the course of a day, um, I realized that it probably wasn't the best. Um, it wasn't a smart decision for my health, for, for everything. Okay. So I... I called Sean Shelby the next day, and I told him that I was out. It took them a while to release, um, you know, that I wasn't fighting. I don't know why it, what took so long, but I, uh, you know, it, that that was how that kind of went down. Well, you gotta, you first and foremost, you gotta look out for yourself and your own health. That's of course, but uh, you know, this matchup against Felder, it did have fireworks written all over it. Would have been a big win for your career as well. Um, 
so considering everything that you're saying here, I mean, there wasn't any real thought of you competing while injured just just for the sake of keeping the bout intact. Once you put a little thought into it, it made a lot more sense to rehab the injury rather than go in there and take a risk like that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – Polfeld is a tough guy. I respect him tremendously. His skill set, he's, you know, he's got great offensive – He's got great offense, and he's got even better defense. So um, it's a fight that I definitely don't want to go in unprepared for, and it's a fight that if I was to go in, to go in 100%, you really got to be, you know, you got to be confident in that what you're, you know, what you get out of it is what you put in, you know, what you kind of put in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if that makes any sense, you know. It's uh, you you beat a guy like Paul Felder. He's unranked. I'm still on an, you know, I was we were working on a contract, but I was, you know, I felt kind of rushed with the whole. I just I was under the gun. I felt like, and you know, to negotiate a new contract uh, in a day, and I just didn't like the way those things were going. I didn't like. And like, you know, it's just I just felt un- I didn't feel I felt like I was uh, I felt I was in an unadvantageous position no matter what no matter, no matter what the scenario was even even to win the fight even if I did win on a on a quick knockout again you know I don't get bonuses I don't uh, don't you know the contract what it was the amount of time that I would have had to put in, the time that I would have had to take away from the other things I was doing, just all roads led to just pulled off, keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming towards, I feel like I'm coming towards the end of my career, the way that the things are looking out. So if I'm going to fight, you know, it's got to be worth it. It's got to be, I got to be feeling really good. I've got to be able to, I, I got to be, I can't be selling houses and fighting guys like Paul Felder. It's just not, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I know, I know the contract disputes is something that you know has been a hot topic for your career throughout. That's something I wanted to get to here in a moment. But you know, have you put any thought into possibly a targeted return date, or are you just taking it one day at a time now? And forgive me if you didn't say this, but are those injuries going to require any surgery of any kind? Uh, they no, they, you know, I don't need surgery. Um, what was the other question? Uh, have you put any thought into a, a targeting a return date at all? Oh no, no, not really. I mean, if the it's, um, no, nah, I'm just kind of playing it, playing it by ear. You know, I'm, I'm seeing how I'm feeling. See how, you know, when I was when uh, the Diego Sanchez fight got offered to me, that was a, you know, it, it felt like I was in a good position. It felt like, you know, it was a good fight for me at the time. I was coming off a two year layoff. It was a good fight. Um, and to, to be honest with you, I really didn't train the right way for that fight. I didn't, I financially, I was not able to train for that fight. It's like, it's, it's insane. It's really insane. But, um, you know, I was able, thank God I was able to go in there and, and perform the way I did, but it's not always going to work out like that. So, yeah, I mean, you take, you take a lot of risks in this sport and I know that, um, you know, when it comes to financials, contract negotiations, all of those things, it's very important stuff <clears throat> for you athletes to, to not get the short end of the stick here. So 
I completely understand your your unwillingness to be rushed into a contract negotiation and play it smart here. I, I, I mean, it's a very wise move in my opinion. Yeah, the way I see it, I've been taking the risks the whole time. I've been, I've been, you know, I went on to the Ultimate Fighter. Those contracts are bullshit. You know, there's no money. Really, you make no money on the Ultimate Fighter, so that's a huge risk. I got, I got injured a lot on that, and you know, you win the Ultimate. You, you not win the but you, you go through the Ultimate. I made it to the finals. I got a contract. You think you're gonna make money once you get into the UFC? And nah, I don't know. I don't want to even keep harping on it, but. It, it's just, uh, you know, I just want to feel comfortable going in there and fighting. You know, I want to feel like uh, I'm not holding back anything. I want to feel like I'm just letting it all go. And I don't know if I would have felt that way, you know. Um, I just love, I love fighting so much. It's just, uh, it's, I'm in a, I'm in a really weird position right now. It's like, uh. Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I know what you mean, man. Um, yeah. I, you know, I know you've been on the on the fence about this sport in the past year, and you know, which is something I'd like to discuss a, a bit further. But has this injury affected your decision decision to continue competing, like in regards to immediate future? I mean, when when you had to withdraw from this fight, did you kind of say, ah, shit, this might be this might be the time? This might be the time to what? To maybe walk away. I mean, I know you've been on the fence about this for for a while now. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards that, man. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not where I wanted to be. Um, and it's just not worth it, you know. So, so, so looking ahead though, in, in a positive way, you know, assuming all goes well, you rehab the injury quickly. Um. Have you put any thought into to who you'd like to face maybe upon your return? If all, if things go well and you do decide to continue competing? Uh, if I'm going to fight an unranked guy, you know, and I'm going to fight for the same amount of money, I might as well fight the easiest guy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you know, pay me, pay me money and I'll fight somebody that's like a top guy. But I'm not going to fight an unranked guy that's you know, neck and neck with Edson Barbosa for the you know the same amount of money I would get to fight Cajun Johnson. Right, right. That you make a great point there. Give us your thoughts on on, on the landscape of the division. You know, Connor has really held things up. Tony has the interim strap. Khabib is set to fight Barbosa, but he's proven pretty unreliable. You think Connor's going to defend his title soon? And who should be the next challenger after Tony and Connor fight? I don't know. Did you see what Connor just did? I was, I was like, just going to ask you that. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> took over Bellator and like went crazy. It seems like that guy. I don't know. I feel like somebody should just cold clock him and give him a wake up call, dude. You know. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the company's losing a bit of control when it comes to him, huh? Uh, I mean, yeah, but hey, he you know he did it. He's like old power to him. I would love to be the guy running around and making a mockery of everybody, but uh, I don't. Hopefully, I wouldn't do that if I wasn't that power. But I don't know. It's good for him. Probably, why not? Do whatever you want. You got enough money. You can. That's how you want to act. By all means, go right ahead. Um, but yeah, I think he can do what he wants. I think he's he's got the ball in his court as far as that goes. Why? Well, I, I mean, 
he doesn't even need to, he doesn't need to fight it if he doesn't want to. You know, he's got his legacy is kind of. I think it's all downhill for him for him for here. You know, I think he's. You know, he's gotten he's made the most of his opportunities. He's he's been he's been very lucky in the in in the you know the matchups he's gotten and the in the way things have. But he's had the skill to back it up. You know, he's gotten these opportunities and he's had the skill to back it up. Um, but now I think he's looking at guys like Tony Ferguson. Uh, so I, you know, I think that's tough. I think that's probably the toughest fight for him. Um, I yeah, I mean, I talk about it a lot on this show that because of Connor, we've we've entered this really strange era of trash talk and. That seems to be the way that everybody thinks that they're going to make the most amount of money and hype up fights, and it's so forced and labored with some of these guys. And, you know, like with the return of GSP, it's it was refreshing for me to see a respectful competitor come back, make some big money, put on a great show, a lot of fan interest, and not have to talk a bunch of shit leading into the fight. Uh, you know, I kind of miss that Bushido code, and, you know, you've always struck me as one of those guys It's go in there, do your business, that there's no need for unnecessary, you know, yapping back and forth. Like, where do you stand on all this? Like, the direction that the sport's going in regards to hyping these fights and and the era of trash talk that we're in? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm over. I'm so, I don't know. I'm just like, I remember the good old days, man, when I was coming up and I was looking up to these guys. I mean, dude, are people, these are the guys, I don't know. Like, the guy... Half these guys can't even fight. They just, you know, they get promoted and they get put on and stuff. You know, they lose. There's people that are like they're like 500, 500 records in the UFC, and they're they're sponsored by Reebok. What happened to the guy? You know, all right, you have to look, and I know how to fight. You know, what is this? Is this a modeling competition, or is this a? Or are we fight? You know, are we fighting? I mean, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree with you, man. I agree it's, with you. Uh, yeah, but the way the sports—you can see, you see the way the sports going. It's not, you know, the, you, it's the it's the job. Uh, it's their job to groom the fans. You know, I was groomed as a fan. I like the guys that fought. I like the guys that had skill. You know, um, and that's kind of how I am as a fighter. I don't. I don't know if these guys do any of these. I I don't think any of these fighters even know. Like, I don't know. Dennis Kang, like, do, do they even know who Dennis Kang is? I was talking to somebody, and they're like, I don't even know who Dennis Kang is. I was like, that. That's a that's an old school name, man. Pride UFC. He was a great submission artist. You know, and Canadian. Like, like he didn't he didn't really say anything. He was just a good good fighter. You know, that was a guy that I liked watching him fight. And I honestly haven't even I hadn't even I don't know what brought it up, but it was uh you know it was a fighter that it was kind of new to the game, and I was like. I was like, oh man, these guys don't even, these guys don't even know, you know. I think that's very important that that we look back at the history of the sport because, you know, the longevity of the sport stems from guys like that. You know, we might be in this era of trash talk, and that's great for making money and and having big pay per view numbers. But at the end of the day, this is martial arts, and there is a level of respect. And I think we hopefully we can go back to that. Um, but I agree with you, man. I think, you know, with the casual fans that have come in on, on uh, you know, McGregor's coattails, that kind of thing, everybody wants to see all this trash talk. But in the reality of it all, 
There was a lot more respect back in the day. There was bowing, shaking hands. You went out there, fought your ass off like you hated each other. But at the end of it, it was all love, and, and you shared a special moment with the guy in competition. No, oh, for sure. Absolutely. So let's change gears here for a moment. We've talked about the retirement idea here, you know, focusing on selling houses. You've had a lot of criticism towards the UFC, back in competition. I mean, you've gone back and forth here a bit. Has anything changed for you? I mean, in regards to this, are you happy with the direction the direction that the company's going? I know you're saying that you're having a bit of a contract dispute, but I mean, all in all, are are you happy with the? I don't, honestly, I'm not even having a contract. I wouldn't even say it's, it's not a contract dispute. It's just you know, we had nothing. There was nothing finalized. We were kind of you know, kind of in the middle of it. I just it was it was just the right thing for me to just kind of step back, clear my head, um, get myself to a hundred percent. And when I fight, I have to be just focused on it. I don't want it to. I don't want this to be like it, it was in the past where we were like neck and neck. I'm not, we're having great conversations. The UFC's they've uh, they brought me out to the MSG card. They had me meeting with the fans and everything. So it's not like it was. They're definitely you know it just it wasn't. I I wasn't ready to to move forward with this fight. You know with the with I got. With the injuries that I have, with the way things were going, it's not. It wasn't like we're in in any kind of dispute or, over anything. It's just things have to take time to work out. I I couldn't have been happier with the way that the UFC brought me into MSG. They gave me a hotel room at, in in the city. They uh, they had me at the with the fans the whole time I was at the fan expo. They they paid me to do that. Um, I went to the. Uh, the VIP fan experience and I got to hang out, drink a couple of beers with the fans. It was, uh, it was cool. It was a really good time. So it's not like I'm like, hey, I, you know, it's the, the relationship's definitely, um, been mended on a lot of fronts. Sean Shelby's, you know, he's been reaching out to me. We've been in constant contact. Uh, couldn't be happier with dealing with him. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not like, uh, you know, a hostile situation or anything. It's just for right now it was, it was, I need to, I need to worry about me and I need to get myself correct before getting back in there. If I do get back in there, you know, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And, uh, it's good and and refreshing to hear that, uh, things are going well. And, you know, rather than dispute, maybe that was the wrong choice of words, contract negotiations. And as you said, Focusing on yourself, I mean, so many guys, you see them take fights injured and pay for it in their performance, when in reality, you probably, you definitely made the right decision in focusing on yourself, rehab those injuries, and then get back in there. Um, but, you know, fighter pay has always been a big issue in the sport. It slowly might be getting better in a lot of regards, but uh, it sure isn't getting there fast enough, in my opinion. You know, people are talking about unionization, covering MMA with the Ali Act. What's your take on all this issue, and you know what's the answer in your opinion? You know, the answer is they gotta. Uh, I wish they could just release release some numbers, man. Like, how much are you guys making? How much are we making? You know, let us see. Open the books up. That's how you know. Well, are we making eight percent, like they say? You know, if it is, it's horrible. That's what that's what everyone you know. It's kind of like the rumors. MMA fighters, UFC fighters, are making eight percent of you know compared of the of the whole pie compared to other sports where they're making like 
fifty percent. Yeah, you know? def- definitely unfair. That's for sure. It's uh, it's definitely, it's it it's not it uh, it, it bothers me when I see a lot of the. I don't even know. I just I just think you're you know if you're in the top fifteen, you should be living comfortably. For sure, for sure. And, I mean, you hear of guys that are cracking into the top 15 that, that might still have jobs. I mean, yourself, for instance, financially, for you to have to work and try to be a top top 15 fighter, top 10 fighter, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. Any other professional sport, this would not even be an issue. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's insane that, you know, like linemen in the NFL are making more than guys in the top 10 in the UFC. Yeah. Co-main event guys, you know, like guys that you never hear about. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, for 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 me as a guy in the media and and as a longtime fan of this sport, it really hurts just to see the numbers that you know some of these guys on the prelims. To think that people are still fighting for like twelve and twelve is crazy. Um, I mean, I but I mean, getting back to unionization, the Ali Act. I mean, do you think collective bargaining is the answer? happen though is they take care of the guys that are the guys that are happy are the guys that you know would be the would have to step in and, and say something and do something but those are the those are the guys that are taken care of yeah you make a great point there the guys that would have to spearhead that kind of movement are very happy with their current stat you know status in the company so yeah, it's, just, it's just the guys like right in the middle you know so speaking of uh the venture into real estate and, and, you know, planning your life after fighting. So many guys leave this sport and have no plan. What's your advice to some of these up-and-coming fighters into in the regard of, you know, planning for life outside of fighting, and how comfortable are you that you'll be fine when you walk away from the sport? Oh, man, I have no idea. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if anything is ever going to fill that, um, you know, fill that void of, of how great how great it was to be able to train for a fight, walk in there, get your hand raised, have everyone cheering for you and stuff, you know, there's nothing that's gonna compare to that. But um it's a lot of pain, a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into it. I think yeah, it's great when you're when you're in there. You know, I never really even thought about it. Uh I was it it was kind of forced upon me because of the injuries I had and really that I had never won any bonuses, you know, these guys that put, you know, they, they win bonuses and they go, you know, they can use that money to, to do other things. I, you know, I never had that. I never had a good, good contract or anything. Um, yeah, you definitely have to, ah, it's tough. It's definitely hard. Um, especially when, you know, a lot of these guys, I don't think you even think, most of them probably will have an easier time transitioning than I did because I really believe, like, I was born to, to fight. That was, like, the the only reason I was, I you know, a lot of these guys, like, they can do whatever they, they, they all, you know, they're not fighters. They, they're, they're, guys, they're people that, you know, they do this and they fight. They have, like, their set, they, they have, like, their, like, niche. They're, like, fishermen. They, like, do this or that they have like hobbies or whatever. I don't, I never had any, 
you know, hobbies. You, you put me in a room with people talking about like sports and stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't carry a conversation about the NFL or baseball or anything. I could talk about fighting, you know. So I think a lot of these, a lot of these guys, they do have uh, options for like a second career and stuff. But for me, it's going to be tough. I, I just love to fight, and I have the mind for fighting. So I don't know. It's it's tough. But I think they'll do a better job at it than me because half of them are just doing fighting to to say they fight and look cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Your fighting style alone and your performances certainly reflect that. You are truly a fighter at heart. <clears throat> so that must, that must make it, I mean, even more so difficult to consider that you have to do this full-time job on the side to, to, to make ends meet. I mean, for, for you looking forward here, if a, if a good contract comes across your desk, something that you could maybe let go of the reins on the real estate for a bit and focus completely on fighting, that would be the ideal situation for you to really devote yourself and, and have some success in this game and, you know, more success and be able to step it up to that next level and be happy with your career, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that that would be, that would be, that's, that's kind of the, it's kind of what we're getting at here, you know? Uh, it's got to make, it's got to, it's got to make sense. It can't just, you know, it's got to be something where I can, like invest this in the future of, you know, after fighting, you can't just get me, you know, can't just be able to pay the bills for like a year, pay my taxes, pay the, you know, pay my trainers, pay everything. And then, you know, be able to pay my mortgage for years. I got to be able to invest the money, do, do, do it right. You know, this is crazy. I'm, I'm pushing on like top 10, top, you know, top guys. I'm going to fight some top guys. It's got to be worth it. You know, you yeah. can't, can't be fighting, you know, top guys on a on a contract that you're not comfortable with. But based on based on everything that you're saying, it sounds like things could be headed in that direction for you now. I mean, it sounds like uh, with the UFC bringing you out and uh, you know having you do all that stuff for Fight Week at UFC 217. I mean, are you are you confident that that the right deal might finally get offered to you? Uh, I don't know. I, I wish I could say yes, but I don't know. <laughs> honest answer, man. Honest answer. Uh, listen, you, you've been more than generous with your time. I just got a couple more questions here for you. Uh, real, real quick on the on the real estate thing. How is the housing market, in your opinion? You know, some people believe that it's it's complete completely rebounded. Others say it hasn't. What's it been like for you on the ground level of this business? Oh, it's fast, man. It's. Uh... You know, working with buyers, it's on Long Island right now. I don't know about the rest of the country too much, but I know on Long Island that if a house goes on the market and it's priced right, it's selling fast, and you're having multiple offers, and you know, uh, yeah, people are people are fighting over houses on Long Island, um, and then the agents are fighting over the sellers. Is you know, there's low inventory, so. If you're trying to list houses, is uh, you know you're 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 competing with a bunch of different agents to try to get that listing. It's it's uh it's good. It's it's a war zone. It's it's like anything else, man. If if you're good, you're gonna you're gonna succeed, and and you you don't you know. If you're not, you're gonna you're gonna get eaten up. It's like anything else. You work hard, you you're gonna make it, and 
it's it's something I haven't really. It's it's not something that's it never it, did, it definitely didn't come naturally to me like it did fighting fighting I just I started wrestling and I got, the first time I went to the gym people were like well it's, you know you, you're gonna be good you're young you're strong you're in shape you you know you got some natural athleticism I was never like a salesman I growing up I never I was never like a good you know I you know I can hold a conversation but I'm not like wooing people with like my knowledge of houses or anything yeah. like that. So it definitely took me a while to kind of get the hang of it, or more like get find my niche, you know. But I'm I'm definitely the people that I work with. I I enjoy working with, and when I enjoy working with somebody, I'll do whatever I can to, you know, help them get what they want. And that's kind of how I've gone about it. I I just work I work hard for these people, and they see that, um, and they you know they're happy they're happy. I find them what they want, and then. Uh, now I'm starting to get the referrals where people that I've put into houses that they like, you know, I found worked hard, showed them a bunch of houses or I worked hard to sell their house. They're starting to refer me to their friends. So it's starting to build me a little, a little business and it's good. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, I had a, I had a stint in sales myself. It wasn't housing, but, uh, insurance, life insurance. And I'll tell you, man, once you get into, once you get into that niche, as you said, and the referrals start coming in. I mean, it, the best business is by word of mouth, so it certainly sounds like uh, you're, you're excelling at this. And you talk about it being a seller's market and a war zone. I mean, does that kind of fit into your your uh, mindset when it comes to fighting? I mean, having to go in there and really battle for your buyer or seller? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you're trying you're comparing it to like fighting yeah i mean I, have you been able to take anything from fighting that mentality of you know going in there you're not going to lose this sale you're not gonna you know that kind of thing i mean has that transitioned over into the real estate thing for you uh i think that's you know it's just my personality my just something that i have that i've had for a while i just you know you, when i was wrestling i was working i was up in the morning, I was working harder than everyone after, you know, when people go to, when they were sleeping, I was still training. It's kind of the same thing with the real estate, you know, it's, uh, you know, I would try to be, start working before everyone and keep working after, you know, just making connections, meeting people, being uh, someone that, uh, learning, just learning as much as I can. I would watch fights. I mean, I would, I would train, I'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning, I'd work out, I'd come home, I'd watch I'd watch fights. I'd fall asleep watching old Pride DVDs. It was not a fight that I hadn't seen. And it's been kind of tough for me because I'm still kind of like uh, one day I'm, all right, I'm going to fight. Next day I'm like, all right, I'm going to be just real estate. One day I'm going to fight. One day. So I'm kind of like I haven't put all my eggs in one basket yet. For the last 10 years I had every everything was going into fighting. So it's kind of this I'm in like a weird, weird position right now where I'm I'm kind of like back and forth about fighting. I'm when I'm not really focused on fighting, I'm I'm selling the real estate. I'm I'm doing personal training, so I kind of have a lot going on. I think you know within the next year, I'm going to really figure it out. Uh, I'll have you know I'll be able to really dedicate to no matter what I'm doing, I'll, I'll be able to get back on that uh, almost like where nothing else matters in the world. You know, I didn't, I never, you know, there was really not I. 
my life just revolved around fighting. That's all I did for, for a really long time. So to transition out of that, and, and I'm kind of in like a weird position where I don't know, I don't know whether I'm fighting. I, you know, so it's, I haven't, and I've been doing good with the real estate with probably, I've been probably putting in 50%, 50% of, of the effort that I did to when I was fighting, you know? So, uh, it's, it's, I'm just going to keep working at it, man. You know, it's it. I, I, uh, it's, it's been good because the, the name I've, I've built fighting, I've gotten a couple of referral, like people, people from all over the country have called me, um, and asked for my help finding or selling a house. And I've been able to get referral fees and make some good money. Just, just, uh, helping them out like that. So really anywhere across the country, when people are trying to buy or sell, I, uh, I can help them out and it, it, it works out well for me. Well, it sounds like as you're talking about there, the uncertainty of it all, you're you're on the fence about dedicating your heart to either or, whether it be fighting or real estate at this point. But uh, you know, as a fan, I truly, truly hope that that this contract thing can can get figured out and uh, you can dedicate yourself to fighting at least for another couple years, climb those ranks, potentially be a UFC champion, as I'm sure you've dreamed of your whole career. Um, but, you know, assuming all goes well, you, you recover quickly, return sometime next year, I'm assuming, you know, how many times would you like to compete in 2018? Should everything work out? And realistically, could we, could we see you competing for the title next year? Ah, you know, I don't know. Um... I did. I would love to see. It's a. It's not a good sign when I have to think about it. You know. <laughs> right. Right. When I'm kind of like, you know, one day, if you would ask me like a week ago, I probably would have said yes. If you would ask me two weeks ago, I would have been had this answer. It's like back and forth. I don't know. I I'm in such a weird position. Uh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I understand, man. I understand. But I'll tell you, as again, as a fan, you know, hearing that uncertainty in your voice, I, I, I truly do hope that they can they can give you an offer that makes sense and we can see you compete because, as you said, it comes from the heart. You were born a fighter, and your your performances reflect that. You're exciting. Uh, everybody loves your fight style, and, and I truly hope that this can all get worked out, man. Um, in conclusion, you know, it's been a great conversation. I greatly appreciate your time. Tell all the fans out there and all your supporters, you know, what they can expect upon your return if it does happen. And, you know, what message do you have for the lightweight division uh, and everybody out there at 155? Uh, be, be thankful. Be thankful I'm not in there because I got a lot. I got a lot, of, I got a lot of tricks that no one's seen yet. Um, it's funny. I've still, been, I've still been in the gym working hard, so I... I uh, and I see, I see what all these guys have. I just know that I'm, uh, I see, I see the fights a little bit differently. I, I know how to set things up. The, like these guys are just going out there and just they're on instinct. They're just throwing crazy craziness. I really think things through, and even though it looks might not look like it, I set everything up. And there's a reason why I've, I've knocked out the people that I have, and I make it look easy. It doesn't. There's a reason why I'm not winning these bonuses. I make it. I may. I don't. I don't break a sweat. I'm. I'm cool. I'm collected. I don't know. I just hope. I hope. You know. I hope it works out. I hope it, it will. No matter what happens, it'll all work out. For sure, I have no doubt that you'll have tremendous success in in either either field of, 
you know, either profession. But uh, again, man, I do truly hope that things can work out and we can we can see you compete uh, in the UFC at least for another couple of years. And uh, I, I truly do wish and send you all that positive energy that that the right contract does come across your desk. Um, realistically, though, before we let you go. What's the timeline on this for you? I mean, when does this negotiation need to get figured out before you decide to completely devote yourself into real estate? Uh, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. No, 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 no problem. I was going to say, I was saying, you know, how, what's the realistic timeline for you with this contract negotiation before you decide to devote yourself completely to real estate? Uh, it's not, there's not much of, uh, I, I mean... I basically, I'm kind of like in that transition right now. I think I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of like, you know, phasing out. I was doing, I've been doing physical therapy three days a week for freaking three years now. I cut it back down to one day a week. I'm, you know, kind of just living, living like a regular life now. Kind of still working out, still working out once or twice a day just to keep in shape. I think that's something I'll do for the rest of my life, you know, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. The next couple, the next couple of months here, a year, uh, I wonder what's going to happen. Cause it's, I'm in like a weird spot right now. You know? For sure. For sure. We've discussed it in depth here. Uh, again, man, I hope that the the whole I hope that the right contract crosses your desk and we get to see you back in competition soon. I hope that the injury uh, you can get all that worked out as well. I know you're having great success in real estate, and I wish you continued success there. Uh, been a great conversation, man. Greatly appreciate the time, and hopefully we can chat again soon. Any shout outs or plugs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, I'd like to thank American Ethanol. American Ethanol has been they've been. Uh, Really, the the only sponsor they stuck by me through this whole thing, you know. When with uh, they've been just so great to me. Um, I'd like to thank. Yeah, I guess that's it, man. I don't know. Just, All right, and I, guess- fans. I want to thank the fans. Everyone was cool. I met so many people this weekend at the at the UFC in New York. Uh, I, I asked everybody where they were from. There's people from Brazil, England, Australia, all over the place. So that was really cool. That kind of like helped lifting my spears and that's what it's all about you know I'm, when it comes down to it i'm a fan I'm just like everybody else i guess too you know what can what can all the fans out there do to to help you get this contract that you want and support you through, throughout this journey and you know try to get the get the right deal that, that you need to continue fighting i don't know i'm not gonna it's not i don't think there's just keep watching them keep watching support the guys that are actually fighting and they know what's up. The fans know, you know. All the right. fans really. The re- I wish. I wish everyone appreciated me as much as those fans did this weekend because that was really cool. That was awesome. I had a great time. Yeah, absolutely, tremendous card. Uh, again, man, we we appreciate the time and and I uh, I hope that things work out. Hopefully, once you hear some news on that, give us a buzz. We we we'd love to have you back on the show and uh, kick some ass in that real estate market, man. You know it. You know it. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, brother. Have a good night. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Finding the love of your life. The ultimate reconnaissance mission. But you did it. And you want to protect the life you've built together through thick and thin. Be their protector for life with life insurance from USAA. Get a quote today at USAA.com slash life.